2: who gon' stop me high breathtaking a move that I make I give it everything I got cause that what it takes I push the limit till it break the heart of the brave the soul of a legend with the will to be great hold
1: up welcome <laughs> what's up everybody Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy, coming at you as I love to do, several times a week, everywhere you can find your free podcast, check your listings, you'll find No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Every now and then, you know what, there are things that prop up, that remind you why you're doing the damn podcast to begin with, okay? You want the freedom to speak your mind? You want the freedom to speak on issues that need to be spoken on. You want to be as unfiltered as you possibly can be without having to worry about backlash or whatever the case may be from employers and all also. I ain't got to worry about that with my podcast. I don't have to worry about that. OK, because I own it. I operate it and I'm responsible for the content on it. And today we're going to have a very, very interesting, interesting episode. But before I get into all of that, let me first say, let me get, let me be correct here by reminding everybody we're here in my studio. Thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. Also, um, I don't know if y'all notice or not, but gold is the silver bullet for protecting and building your wealth. Call my friends at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080. That's 866-257-3080. Or download your free investing kit by visiting them them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. You know, I've known Dan Lebertard for over two decades. He's a contemporary. He's a former colleague at ESPN. Before venturing out on his own. He's the host of. South Beach Sessions podcast. And. Let me not be some punk like some people I know. The minute they have some kind of disagreement with somebody, suddenly, you know, they ain't friends, they're colleagues, they're contemporaries. No, Dan LeBertard is my friend. He's going to always be my friend. Never, ever forget that. So let me preface my comments by saying that. But friends do tend to disagree. Friends Friends do tend to butt heads from time to time. Friends do have different opinions. And you can still be friends. You know why? Because it's called being a damn grown up. That's why. But it doesn't mean that we negate broaching the stuff that needs to be broached. Ladies and gentlemen, at this day on at this moment in time that I'm taping this podcast for y'all to listen to and for y'all to watch. No, I'm on vacation. I just started my vacation. Okay, you ain't going to see me on TV this week. I've taped podcast, but before I literally hopped on a plane, I felt the need to get in front of this microphone and had this conversation with y'all. Because Dan Lebitard and I made news the other day because I was on this podcast, South Beach Sessions. I was on there to promote my book, Straight Shooter. Thank y'all again. It's a New York Times bestseller. It's a bestseller in the audiobook stratosphere in the New York Times as well. Plus, Publishers Weekly has had it as a bestseller as well all of these weeks. Thank y'all so much from the bottom of my heart. Couldn't be where it is without y'all. I understand that. And I want to thank Dan Levitard too, because even though he had me as a guest on his podcast, he did a damn good job promoting my, my, my book. And I appreciate that. Not just the No Mercy podcast, he also promoted the book. But then. Being Dan Levitard, asking piercing questions that'll sit up there and dig at you because it's what he does well. I've known him for decades. Y'all think y'all know him. You listen to him. I know him. He's a friend. We talk off the air as well as on the air. So I'm coming from a position of expertise because I know him. He knows me. We don't always agree. We certainly don't always agree with our interpretation Of one another from time to time. But it doesn't stop him from being my buddy. But we're going to talk about this because let me be very, very clear. I'm not pissed off. I'm not angry. But I did think that he was wrong. When he came at me last week and he said, I hate. What you two have done to sports television, talking about Skip Bayless and myself. Skip Bayless, FS1, Skip Bayless, my former partner on First Take. Skip Bayless, the same dude that brought me on First Take. I wouldn't be where I am today in this industry if it were not for the opportunity created for me by Skip Bayless. That's why he and I could disagree. And it ain't going to change how I feel about him, my gratitude towards him. It's called being a grown-up. It's called being a grown-up. But let's get into what Dan Levitard had to say. Because when he said when he when he said what he said to me. I clapped right back at him. And I said to him, you can say that all you want to. I would say, who the hell are you? That was my initial response to sit up there and say me and him. What about you? Where the hell were you living under a rock teaching at Miami? You you were a part of it, too. You ain't innocent. Those were my exact words, and I meant it. You see, in today's day and age, it is amazing to me how people sit up there and speak about people like myself with negativity. I ain't going to talk about Skip Bayless. Let's Skip Bayless speak up for himself. I'm talking about me right now. Let's talk about Stephen A. Smith. It's amazing to me. How people will speak as if I've had a negative impact on an industry they profit off of. Dan Libertard wrote for the Miami Herald for 26 years. 1990 to 2016. Ask Dan Libertard how much money he made writing for the Miami Herald compared to how much money he made on ESPN. How much money he made doing Highly Questionable. How much money he made doing a Dan Levitard show. How much money he is making doing South Street Sessions. It's amazing to me how, oh my Lord, the impact Stephen A had on this industry. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Really? Really? And what impact would that be? People trying to be loud? Cheaper die to be bombastic. That's all y'all got. That's it. We just going to ignore everything that happened prior to that. We going to ignore that I did internships at the Winston-Salem Journal, the Greensboro News and Record, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, then back at the Greensboro News and Record. We going to ignore that I started off my career in High Point, North Carolina, living off a tuna fish and Kool-Aid. We going to ignore. That I worked a day job as an editorial assistant, 40 plus hours a week, and then in my free time worked an additional 30 hours a week covering high school sports beyond throughout the Piedmont Triad area in North Carolina? We're going to ignore that I started off my career in journalism as a high school sports reporter for the New York Daily News? We're going to ignore that I went to the Philadelphia Inquirer and I started off after being a high school writer? And covering homicide before I was covering sports? We're going to ignore that I went to the Philadelphia Inquirer? St. Joe's, Temple Basketball, Temple Football, both at the same time, backup NBA writer, NBA beat writer, NBA columnist, then the 21st African-American in this nation's history to be named a general sports columnist? We're just going to ignore that. We're going to ignore that I worked at SI. Then I went to Fox Sports Net. I was supposed to be on the best damn sports show, period, but I didn't want the job full time. That's how John Sally got it. Before I landed at ESPN, we're just going to ignore all of that. We're going to ignore all of that. And we're going to look at the fact that, oh my God, I'm in a platform where opinions have taken over. And because opinions have taken over, And I'm the one that people, at least for the last 11 years, because I've been number one. That people pay attention to my opinions in the morning that I've spawned. This breed of bombastic, loquacious, demonstrative individuals with people trying to be me. Well, who are these people trying to be me? Who are they? I'm not bragging. I'm not insulting myself. I'm simply saying I'm kind of one of a kind. I don't notice a bunch of people that look and act like Stephen A. That's not what I notice. But even if that's true. How is credit and deference given to that by people? Or towards people who don't practice journalistic ethics as if I don't. Happen. See, when Dan Levitard asked the question, I understood what he was saying. And in fairness to my buddy, Dan Levitard, in fairness to him, I get where he's coming from when he says, hey, because people I'm trying to find a quote here because I'm reading from an article. When I asked how are we responsible, according to Leviton, because I'm reading from Awful announcer. because of oh my God. I mean, let me not misquote anybody. I want to make sure that I reach out and give proper credit to the people that are, are writing these stories. They weren't the only ones that wrote about it. Sports Illustrated wrote about it. USA Today wrote about it. Various other publications wrote about it. But I'm reading from Awful announcer. You're happy I mentioned you. I mentioned you. You're happy. Anyway, they write an article where it says. You know something? According to Lebertard, the journalism isn't ignored on first take, but it shrinks on the shadow in the shadow of the argument during a made for TV debate. Oh, really? So journalism is, isn't ignored, but it shrinks in the in the shadow of the argument during a made for TV debate. Dan Lebertard, do you know if that wasn't the case, you wouldn't have a show? Once the information is reported and disseminated, if perspective and debate were not provided, you'd still be writing for the Miami Herald or doing something else your brilliant self came up with. It's just amazing because there's something here that's missing. That Dan LeBertard said without saying. But I'm going to say it for him. I'll be back and explain exactly what I mean by that statement in a second. You're listening live to No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. Don't touch that dial. I got a lot more
2: to say. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high?
1: What are my pet peeves <clears throat> that I've had for many years? And I want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm not calling Dan Lebertard out for this. Again, he's my friend. We're former colleagues at ESPN. We've been contemporaries for decades. I respect the hell out of him. This is not meant I know this was not his intent. But when he made the statement that he made and people clamored to it and you love how people try to turn this into something, this is what ticks off people like myself. You might ask, what did my resume that I, Verbalized and articulated in the first segment. What did that have to do with this argument? It's simple. Everything. Everything. Because the res- the, the resume is not something that's there to be ignored. I don't hold anything against bloggers. I'm not holding anything against anybody with their own YouTube channel. I'm not holding anything against people who are trying to monetize their product by creating their definition of clickbait to draw an audience to them, proliferate the numbers and ultimately profit off of it. This is America. If it ain't illegal. And it's not amoral and you can profit off of an honest day of hard work, whatever that work is, God bless you. I'm not here to judge in that regard. But what I will say is you ain't me. I don't mention my resume to brag about it. I mentioned my resume to point to you. That there is a black man in front of your face that you're staring at right now who has earned what I have. Nobody sat up there and said, we like your opinions. We going to give you the opportunity to express your opinions. When I was at the ESPN, when I started off, I was an NBA insider. When I was at the Philadelphia Inquirer as a columnist, I had to work my way up the ranks for 11 years before I earned the right to opine and editorialize and give my opinion. Blood, sweat, tears, hustle. That's what I had to do. I'm a black man with a resume. Nobody gave this to me. And when anybody comes along and they're talking about, well, you know, something, there are imitators out there, you know, that ignore the journalism in an effort, you know, to make sure they augment the actual argument and made for TV debate. That's their problem. That's society's problem for letting them get away with it. Because when I was on the come up, I had to earn the right to be in that position. I couldn't just take bites from television. Splice them together. Air a couple of minutes on YouTube. And then give comment without any journalism background, without any connections, without any networking or resources to buffer my argument. I didn't have that luxury. Dan knows that because Dan didn't have that luxury. He might have been born in New Jersey, but he's a Cuban descent. Dan Levitard is one of the most sensitive people that I have ever seen when it comes to the desolate and the disenfranchised, to the voiceless. This man cares. It matters to him. And no matter what you may think about his opinions from time to time or where he comes from, he cares. And he will fight the good fight for those devoid of the ability to do so themselves. not but respect for them. But when you see that kind of stuff, when you ask a question like that and you limit your question to your agitation over a made-for-TV debate and, and how the fervor that emanates from that is shrinking the importance of journalism, no. If it's shrinking the importance of journalism, it's for people who don't care about it or people who think they already know and the information is already there and all that's left is their perspective. But it wasn't me. It wasn't Skip Bayless. It wasn't a plethora of my colleagues at ESPN, former and present. From Keith Oberman and Dan to to, to, to to Dan Patrick and everybody before and after. People who put in the work don't deserve to have themselves associated with such an assertion. It ain't right. And when you talk about me and what I bring to the table. I'm not apologizing for it to anybody. I was on the air the other day and everybody was making a big deal because I told JJ Reddick, yo, you know what? The question leads to a bigger conversation instead of being agitated by the question. Focus on a bigger conversation that emanates from it because there's so much out there that people need to understand and comprehend. Why would I say that? Because we're connected to industries. You are not. You can't get owners. You don't have owners of, on speed dial. I do. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about Dan Patrick. I'm, talk- I'm sorry, I'm not talking about Dan Levitard. I'm talking about the average Joe or Sue out there. You don't have owners on speed dial. I do. You don't have executives on speed dial. I do. You don't have coaches and players on speed dial. I do. You don't have the hangar-ons, the agents or executives from Fortune 500 companies and beyond. I do. Wasn't given to me. It was earned. I've been doing this since 1993. And, he, and you come out here and, and folks are gravitating to this soundbite, this soundbite, and people are speculating and debating and going back and forth. Oh, what has he done to the industry? I'm sorry. When the first take start with Stephen A, Skip Bayless brought me on in 2012. Jim Rohn was on before then. Part of the interruption was on before then. Around the Horn was on before then. First Take Without Me was on before then. Cold Pizza existed before that. So the best damn sports show. Hell, Jerome had a couple of things. One was Rome was burning. Rome is burning. The other was on Fox The Last Word. What are you talking about? This has been going on for decades. What about the sports reporters? I respect all of them. Mike Lupica, Bob Ryan, Mitch Album, William C. Roden, the late, great Brian Burwell, who was a friend, God rest his soul. The list goes on and on. What were they doing? On the air whispering? Mumbling? Being peaceful? And devoid of emotion? Weren't they arguing? How come their names ain't coming up? And again, I'm not throwing shade. I respect all of them. I appreciate what they've done. I'm only arguing the point. And what are we going to say? Well, Stephen A. Oh, first takes number one. Oh, uh, the, the, how the industry has been degraded. Really? Y'all talked about me being mad, uh, loud on radio when I had my show on ESPN radio in New York or a radio show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, by the way, but my man Mad Dog got a channel and the name of the channel is Mad Dog. But he ain't mad. He's just peaceful and jovial and he's so nice and full of sunshine, huh? Really? Really? Y'all are something else. Y'all are something else. And I know that Dan Levitard didn't mean it, but what I'm saying is when a question like that is broached and it's devoid of that content and that historical backdrop, it does a disservice to people like me who, excuse my language, bust my ass to be here. Nobody's giving me anything. Hell, when I was at ESPN, I was fired. Where y'all were then? Back then, y'all were telling me that's why I was fired. Obnoxious, loud, demonstrative, bombastic. It's not good to, to television. He thought he was more than he was, which I did. All true. I may not have deserved to be fired, but the bottom line is I wasn't innocent. I played a role in that as my book, Straight Shooter Chronicles. Ain't nobody hiding. But when you talk about Stephen A, tell a story. Don't use my name as playing a part in the degradation of the industry. I don't break journalistic tenets. I don't violate trust. I don't backstab. I don't sit up there and tell people one thing and smile on their face and then go behind their back in front of the cameras or the microphone and do something else. I'm me. For better or worse, I'm real. I ain't flip flopping, backsliding or anything. I'm a product of this industry. And if I've done anything, I've contributed in a positive fashion. Can I be a little bit loud? Sure. Without question. Do I make mistakes? you damn right I do. I'm human. But it's never intentional. And even with my personal feelings, I don't get personal about the facts that I spew and disseminate. I represent myself. I represent my employer and I represent my name in the way it's supposed to be exercising those journalistic tenets that I'm supposed to. And if others choose to do otherwise, that's on them. God willing for those who believe in a higher spiritual being, the bottom line is this judgment day is going to come for us all. And we're going to have a chance to be in the pearly gates or be sent straight to hell, depending on what religion you believe. And I can tell you something right now. Everyone is accountable for their own soul. You don't get to point the finger at other people say they made me do it. That's why I'm here because of them. It was them. They made me do it. No, you do it. Because that's what you want to do. Especially in today's day and age where everybody wants to take the easy way out to get a buck. Like Chris Rock said, you used to want to get ahead for hard work. Now your definition of getting ahead is by taking somebody else down and hoping they lose their damn job instead of you getting it because you are better than them. That last comment, by the way, was not about Dan Lebertard. It was about Joe public. Who's going to read this kind of stuff and think what they want to think foolishly y'all a something else y'all a something else back with this last segment before I close out this episode in a minute. You're listening to Stephen a no mercy. Did you know that last year the S&P 500 went down 20 percent? Bitcoin went down almost 60 percent, but gold not only didn't lose money, but went up a few percentage points. So far this year, gold has been steadily rising and silver is up almost 30 percent in the last six months. Experts predict gold will continue to skyrocket this year, and you don't want to miss out. That's because gold protects you from inflation and market volatility. Gold and silver should be a part of every balanced investment portfolio. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust when it comes to investing in precious metals. What I like about LPM is they have an education-first approach. Making investing decisions can be overwhelming, but their team takes the time to answer all of your questions and give recommendations based on your personal situation. Call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com to download your free investing guide. Don't leave your finances the chance. Be informed. Contact my friends at Legacy Precious Metals.
2: This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline.
1: One of the things that a lot of people don't appreciate, to be quite honest with you, especially in this industry, is my core decency. I don't attack my colleagues. And my contemporaries, I might come to my own defense, but I don't attack them. I don't do that. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm made of. And I see some people, again, not Dan Lebertard, I'm not talking about him now, but there's some people who literally try to make a living making news out of contemporaries instead of covering the news the way they're supposed to. They'll remain nameless because they're simply unimportant. But let me give a couple of tips because I think that I've achieved enough success in my career where tips from me might be valuable from time to time. Because, you see, I look at a lot of talent out there. In a the political stratosphere and social justice, stuff like that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a fan of Roland Martin. I got love for Roland. I truly do. But I also got love for Will Kate. At Fox News. Yeah, I'm cool with Sean Hannity. I'm very cool with Chris Cuomo. I love listening to Mark Levin on the radio. But just as much as I love listening to him, I love listening to my sister, Karen Hunter. And Joe Madison, the Black Eagle in the morning. I like it all. I like the diverse opinions. I like to hear the different perspectives. I like to edify myself beyond just reading. And watching the tube. I like listening to what people think. And how they reach those conclusions. Based on the intel that's been provided to us all. But I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day. Make no mistake about it. The ride ends for us all. So what's important in the meantime. Is what did you do. A to get where you are. Where you ended up. And number two, how did you conduct yourself when you got there? When you sit in my chair, you're privy to a whole lot of stuff. Oh my God, the things that I could say and the things that I could do to people. Oh my God. I won't do it. I'm not that guy. Life's too short. I might point out Something, uh, uh, you know, I made news a few weeks ago. Yeah, me and Kyrie Irving in the NBA, you know, we got a personal beef. It does not influence that our differences have nothing to do with his character as a person. He's a good brother. His His philanthropic efforts, they are undeniable that his heart's in the right place, that he is a sensational, sensational basketball player that we should all see. The only thing I've consistently said is that the brother needs to show up to work. And by the way, since he's been in Dallas until this latest injury, he has showed up to work. And I've spoken to people in Dallas. He's been a model citizen and an exceptional player. There's a lot going on with Luka Doncic. Some of it's basketball related. The rest ain't none of our damn business. I know a lot about what's going on throughout the NBA and the NFL. I got nothing to say if it's personal. As long as it ain't a police matter and all this other stuff, it's none of my business. The same is applicable to this industry. I know so many people in this industry. I know the good, the bad, and the ugly. I see certain people talking about folks like dogs, and you have no idea how bad their history is. And I could dedicate a podcast episode to them and eviscerate their careers. Eviscerate it. I won't do it. I won't do it. There's a way to achieve success. There is a way to be considered one of the best. There is a way to be exponentially successful in so many different ways without going that low. Dan LeBertar did not go that low on me. He asked the question and asked the question by telling me what he felt, which I respect and love him for. Although I disagree. He's my guy. I've been on South Street sessions before. And I'm going to be on again. That's my guy. We go back decades. And the same applies to a host of brothers and sisters in this industry, white and black. That's the way that I roll. But let me tell y'all something that y'all need to know about this industry as we move forward and we march forward and more No Mercy podcasts are coming your way and all of this other stuff. Let me tell you something. You have to be about the business of being successful. When I talk about waking up and if I work for somebody, how do I make them more money? How do I get some of it? My top two priorities. Why? Because when you're committed to making somebody money that you work for, they're more receptive to listening to your ideas. By listening to your ideas, that materializes into a relationship. A relationship that could potentially be fruitful, not just for them, but for the both of you, because they're willing to listen to you. They're willing to embrace you because they know you're trying to make them money. And as a result, while they're making money, they'll feel compelled to ensure that you get some of it because they want those ideas to keep on flowing. That's the American way. It's capitalism. And what you have is a situation where some people feel otherwise because guess what? They didn't want to dance the dance. They didn't want to, quote unquote, play the game, acting like they don't have to play the game. But they've been lying to you. They've been lying to you. Everyone has to deal with somebody, everyone has somebody to answer to. Because you can't be fruitful. And profitable without getting the money from somewhere. And that money comes from other people's support of you. Folks talk about selling out, selling out, selling out. Let me tell you something. You know when it's selling out? When somebody doesn't tell you what the game is and how to play it in order to win it. And instead lead you down a dark path and a dark alley, knowing that you're going to fall into an abyss that you're probably not going to be able to get up from because they didn't care about you. What they cared about was themselves and telling you what you what they think you want to hear and what they know you want to hear to make themselves feel big. But they go behind the scenes and do what it takes to win while giving you a losing strategy that's selling out. That's selling out. I've never sold out. I've never sold out myself and I've never sold out this industry. Dan Lebitar was wrong when he said Skip Bayless and I, you know, the journalistic tenets are ignored because, you know, the the the, the whole argument, the, you know, the the made for TV debate. It's what's proliferated in the mind's eye, and it's been at the expense of journalism. That is not our problem. Not for two people who've employed journalistic tendons our entire career. Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser have been journalists slash columnists for four decades. PTI has been number one overall for 20 years. I have never looked at Mike Wilbon, ever. Nor Tony Kornheiser. And so are two individuals that ignored their journalistic tenets. Regardless of what you may want to feel about Jerome, also a buddy of mine, I've never seen him ignore his journalistic tenets. Most people in this industry live by it. And the few who don't is only because they're more interested in attacking folks personally than they are in putting in the work. They're a separate category. Doesn't apply to me. That's all I wanted to say to y'all. Because you need to understand something about no mercy moving forward. I run from nothing. I ain't scared of a damn soul. Not on this podcast. If there's an issue to be tackled, I will tackle it. If there are people that I need to address, I will address them. Nobody shivering and quivering and shuddering. Hell no. You want some, come get some. We ain't going to have that. I'm going to sit around for but so long. And take but so much stuff. Remember that. This is still Stephen A, baby. Don't ever forget that. Bit of bad news. For all the cynics out there. I'm going on vacation for the rest of this week. What that means is. I won't be tired when I get back. I'll be re-energized. On fire. And more ready than ever. Enjoy the rest of this week. And buckle up. Because I'm going to see y'all soon. You could bet the house on that. Peace and love, everybody. Yeah, I know sports. I know mercy, too. Evidently, this ain't the time for it. So I ain't gonna bother giving it to you. Keep on messing with me. Until next time, I'm out.